Back it up or give it up, my friends. We're continuing our Back Up to Basics series here on Restore It All, and this episode is about databases. What are they? Why are they different? What kind of databases are there? And the parts of the architecture that you should know in order to properly back up a database. In part two, we'll cover how to back them up. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my Monday morning melancholy minimizer, Persona Molly Hunty. How's it going? So we yeah. won't get into your melancholy, but here, What's that? here's some good news for you. You know what this, you know what today is? There's two important things um, that happened today. It's no, I got nothing. So the first one is I now have oh, a three reared. <laughs> you know the day you're three reared actually? It was actually a couple okay, of weeks okay. ago. It was okay, it's actually okay. two weeks ago. Right? But I do okay. now have a three year old okay. beard. <laughs> and three year old hair. I don't know what you call Nasty. three year old hair, what but I call three <laughs> Yeah. In need of a haircut. That's what I that's what I call that. No, it's fine. And then the second one is this is our two hundredth episode. Are we really we are recording, recording our two hundredth episode? Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's almost yeah. four years of podcasts. That's a lot of talking. Yep. And thank you to the listeners yeah, for listening if, to us for these yeah, last like you know, four I'm, years. I'm um, I'm on another podcast that doesn't have as many listeners, um, and I mean it has very very few listeners, and it's not you know it's just not the same. Like if you if you're producing a podcast and no one's listening to it, it's gonna you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but yeah, we've got we've got um, you know. Um, thousands of you out there that are listening to it and we appreciate it and without that uh this would seem like a lot of effort for nothing so um definitely um yeah well that's good you know what see, see did that, that make your that monday did. a little that better brought, that brought yeah, that, right? that helped me out i'm having <laughs> i'm not having the greatest monday here and see this what this why you know you're my monday morning melancholy minimizer <laughs> but but the but the beard the beard and the hair thing, I don't know, man. I mean, it's funny for those of you watching on the on the you know you can see the video of this if you go to backupcentral.com or you can listen to it on you know on any of the places. And uh, but those of you looking, you you see me. I just got a new haircut, so I've got this nice trim thing. I've got this nice trim, trimly kept to my face beard, and then we have persona. Uh, that is the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, I I once had a friend, hi Jane, who referred to me as the caveman, <laughs> and this is what I had a normal yeah. beard too, not like this. You and I are opposites in so many different ways. Um, you know, like when it comes <laughs> to movies, and you know, when it comes to the things we enjoy eating, 
there's some stuff we like eating that's similar. Um, but yeah. and, I, and and this is why we get along yeah, so well, it's the Curtis. Whole opposites attract thing. Um, well, uh, we're going to continue our uh, back up to basic series uh, today, talking about databases. Before I do that, I'll throw out our usual disclaimer. I and Persona work at different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not a podcast of either company. Uh, the opinions that you hear are ours. If you'd like to join the conversation, just uh, reach out to me, WCurtisPreston at Gmail or at WCPreston on Twitter. And also LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Mr. Backup. You'll find me there as well. And, uh, you know, um, join the conversation, right? We'd love to have you on. And also please rate us. Uh, go to your favorite podcatcher, scroll down to the to the comments and, um, you know, give us some stars and some comments. We love that. Keeps us going. Uh, except for that one guy that gave us one star. I don't know what his deal was, but um, <laughs> it's one person. It's one person that gave us one star. And he doesn't say why. I'm like, mm, that was harsh. Um, or that is. Yeah. At least tell, tell us. us so we can improve. I think, you know, if you want to say, listen, to I would really yeah. like to listen to that podcast, but Brisana needs to cut his hair. <laughs> not right. going to happen right. i'm well, sorry about know, that it is what it is well we are continuing our um our backup to basic series which is based on this uh latest book that i wrote which of course i had lots of help from persona on um and it's uh modern data protection from o'reilly and associates and you know you can find it at uh, wherever wherever books are sold um you can get both a, an ebook version and a printed version and um, so let's talk about, uh, th this is about protecting databases. So I know I've told this story on the podcast, but it was a broken database that basically started my career, right? Um, that, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Um, it was, the, the name of the database was Paris. It was my, uh, my bank's purchasing database. And uh, we were backing it up via what I would now refer to as the hot backup method, where you put the you put the data files into backup mode and then you back them up. Except that we had moved um, we had moved the server over to another. We had moved the database over to another server, and nobody had told me that that I needed to put the script in place so that I could do the backups. And we had been backing it up for months without you know without getting a decent backup. It was inconsistent. And um, I remember sitting there and the the boss was like, so let me let me get this straight. We have absolutely no backups of Paris whatsoever. And I'm like, that is what I'm saying. Uh, and she didn't fire me. <laughs> Try, you know, chalked it up to bad training. Uh, Ron Rodriguez, all your fault. <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus for that. You're like... Like a yeah, name that sticks yeah. in my head. Uh, good guy, but yeah, it just he left that out of the training. So, uh, so I think it's important for you to understand databases because they are, uh, you know, I think for for many environments they're more than fifty percent of the data center. Isn't that isn't that normal? Like for structured data, essentially to be. I think yeah? that's changing these days. Oh, sorry. 
for structured data for most of it to be stored in databases, I think that would be a fair. So statement. you're not necessarily agreeing that most of the data in the in the data center is structured data. You're thinking that nowadays unstructured data is more because we're just yeah okay yeah, yeah. accumulating so yeah, much data just... yeah and and if and when you but if you do caveat it with saying in the data center i think that statement might still you know it's funny the phrases like that come out of this old mouth and i don't even mean it when i say it yeah <laughs> i don't i mean in the computing <laughs> environment um so you, you're yeah. thinking that there's a lot of stuff up there just because of the amount large amount Oh yeah, just the yeah, large that's... amount of data that's out there in the world, right? And unstructured data. There is was a time significantly... when structured data, data and databases specifically was the king of the data center. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, um, then we just started storing on just all kinds of nonsense. Um, we just, we, yeah. as a as a human race, we have seemed to have a never ending desire to store stuff. <laughs> pack rats pack rats that's what we be um so i so that you know if if you don't know anything about databases that you know you should learn a lot in this episode if you know a a lot about databases you may know more than i do i am not a dba Uh, i have never been a dba Uh, i have often been at war with dbas (laughs) um but (laughs) Yeah, that so is the database admin exactly. who, yeah, from a backup admin perspective, yeah. probably one of your first uh, I, I've run into a few fights. You know, I've had a few fights. But um, so I think it's important to sort of divvy up the, you know, the computing world into these different buckets so that we understand what we're talking about. And the first thing that I talked about was database delivery model. And the first is uh, is traditional database software. What would you think I would mean by that persona and maybe give an example. Yeah. So the biggest is you basically take the software, you download it from the vendor, you deploy it on your servers, you're managing it, you're doing everything else. This traditionally has always been like Microsoft SQL. You have your Oracle databases. I think those are probably yeah, the two yeah. biggest. Still, still Sybase and Informix is out there. MySQL. And, well, and of course, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. MySQL might actually be the biggest database yeah. out there um, in terms of just certainly yeah. number of deployments, but many, many, you know. But I wonder if we added up all yeah. the gigabytes of all the Smaller. little tiny MySQL databases. Yeah. Um, I mean, the <laughs> Backup Central has a bunch of MySQL databases behind it. Uh, but yeah, that's basically, you know, that's normally what I think many people think of when they think of the databases, right? But then if we take that database and yeah. someone else runs the database application itself, right? And then all I have to deal with, so basically they're going to mm-hmm. manage the storage, the patching of, you know, Oracle, MySQL, uh, the security, perhaps the security administration of it. And then all I have to do is add database, add table, um, then that would mm-hmm. exactly and then start, and using, start the using the database. database. That right. would be what we call a pass database or platform as a service. You get the database platform. And the best example I have of that is AWS RDS, right? Relational database service. From a yeah. backup perspective, the main difference between these two is that you don't, you, you can't necessarily install, like if you want to back up, um, let's say uh, SQL Server, 
you can install a SQL Server backup uh, uh, agent, right? It, it, on it, right? You on it, yeah. You don't own the server. And just quickly on that, I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but and but I think that's where a lot of these vendors who are providing mm-hmm. PaaS databases sort of try to bake in backup and some of these recovery operations into the platform itself. Yeah, they they do they do tend to build in backup features. You often need to actually execute those features. You need to actually drive the backup, but they give mm-hmm. you the tools. They give you the car, you got to drive it. Um, yeah. th- there is one interesting one and I'll pick up on Amazon. I'll pick on Amazon here for a minute. Amazon RDS does support um, uh, RMAN for yep. Oracle. Oracle. Let me, yep. re- let me rephrase. They support RMAN backups for Oracle. You know what they don't support? SBT? No. They don't support RMAN restores for Oracle. Oh, oh that's... You can make you can make RMAN backups with Oracle with Amazon RDS, but the last time I checked, you cannot do you cannot do uh, RMAN restores, which is just odd. Uh, yeah. It is what. But it I is. think that's where they hope that you're using like their built-in snapshot yeah. capabilities and everything else yeah. like that too. Yeah. If you need to actually restore, otherwise, it's like, hey, you have an RMAN backup, and you could take it offsite or to your own instance, if you will, to do your restores. Yeah, I guess it's more. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a weird one. So then the yeah. next one we have here is serverless databases. You want to tack- tackle that one? Yeah. So we just talked about, okay, you have sort of someone else managing the server, but you're still managing all the databases. You also typically are involved in sort of performance tuning at that point as well, mm-hmm. right? With serverless, you're sort of getting away from all of that. It's like, hey, here's a database endpoint. You don't even do sort of the normal basic operations other than sort of accessing the data and it automatically sort of scales up scales down on its own you don't have to worry about it now it's funny that everyone talks about serverless even like serverless computing in the end there's still a server somewhere right right but you're not managing it right yeah yeah um and the 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 biggest example here i would have would be DynamoDB. i mean there are a bunch Mm -hmm. of serverless databases both on amazon and other other uh cloud providers but the idea with with Amazon DB, I think I think it, it it's a perfect example of how how you can make it very simple. With DynamoDB, you just give it a key and value pair, right? You have yeah. an account, you have a authentication, you give it a key and value pair, and it will store it somewhere. You're not creating that table, you're not creating a database, you're not creating any of that stuff. You're just say, hey, get, here's a key and a value, uh, store it for me, and I'll ask for it later. So that's what I'm calling the database delivery models. And then we've got the database models, which are, which are like the different. That's how you would. That's how you might get a database. This is what kind of database you might get. Um, yeah. And the biggest category. What would the biggest category be? What do you think? And then, by the way, it's well, by it depends. Far it depends. Not even close. Well, I think it depends on what you mean by biggest, right? Is it the number of deployments? Is it the sizes? Right. I don't know. I'm just talking about structure. The, the dbengines.com, the most popular relational databases. Relational databases, yeah. It looks to be over 75% of of the other ones. There are other types. One of them is the one I just mentioned, the key value pair database, right? There's time series, there's graph databases, document databases, a database just for search engines, right? 
these are the different types of databases and they tend to behave differently from a backup and recovery perspective. And I do think it's important for you to understand, um, you know, the type of database that you're backing up when you're backing it up. Right. Yep. That's because they each have their own nuances and differences. It's not like a database is a database because from backup and restores, they're completely different. (laughs) Exactly. And then this is where I think we really get into, you really need to understand this when you're doing the backup and recovery. And that is the different consistency models of a database. What do you mean by consistency models? So immediate, right? Versus eventual versus hybrid. These are the, the, the different consistency models, right? Immediate is the one that most of us think of when we, um, when we think of databases. At least I'm, I'm going to say it's probably the most popular. Again, relational database management systems, RDB, MSs, those are, I'm pretty sure those are all immediate. Wouldn't they be all immediate? Yep. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. But then the eventual is the one that I struggle with. It's like, yeah. why would you well, want that? But yeah. But it makes sense once you realize how they're typically deployed. Yeah. Well, and here's a good example, right? So you have a bank, you go make a deposit. With immediate, Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, the transaction shows up immediately, you can use it, right? With like eventual, it's like, hey, you made a deposit sometime in the next 24 hours or so, your bank balance will, or your bank account will balance out. But until then, you may be able to withdraw funds. Sometimes you may not be able to if it hasn't cleared, right? So yeah, that's the, kind of how I like to think about it. The example that I used in um, the book was I used DNS as okay. an example of the concept of eventual consistency where um, you're going to get a different answer depending on who you ask and when, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> right? You, you create a, a DNS entry and it takes a while for that entry to, to propagate prop, propagate yeah. throughout the system. Uh, and the same is true of, of, of an eventually consistent database. And the thing is, you can't use the eventually consistent model if getting a quote unquote wrong answer will, will break, break the, everything. I was going to say, yeah, will break everything. Um, but, you know, it, it is weird though, right? It, it's weird. It's I struggle with this idea of eventual consistency um, and um, how it would but, be okay for you to get essentially yeah. a wrong answer. But but I think it depends on the application, right? Where it, it, it absolutely it's, does. If it's, yeah, like if it's okay for you, because there is a trade-off, right? With uh, immediate consistency, typically there is some sort of latency associated with committing a transaction, especially yeah. if you're talking about multiple nodes, right? Which is typically where you see the eventual consistency yeah, models you, being used. You look at DNS, for example, DNS would break if, <laughs> Could it you imagine? Be, if it had to be immediately consistent across the entire world, right? Oh my That's gosh. the thing. Immediate consistency is very tight, right? You've got to have it, right? And then I also yeah. listen hybrid, which is um, somewhere between the two. So here's an example. I have so, for example, DynamoDB users can tell DynamoDB they want a strongly consistent read, and it will always read from the leader um, where the write was initially, which is the leader is where the write was yeah. initially made, even if it is still being replicated elsewhere. So that's hybrid. It's an it's eventually consistent database, but you can say when you create a key value pair in DynamoDB, 
upon read, always read from the first person, yeah. right? Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch of a MongoDB couch base uh, that support that. Um, the, I had listed here of immediate are all the ones that we, the, the ones that everybody knows their name. No way in love. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I have uh, eventual consistency. Uh, I have Cassandra and Neo4j. And then I have as hybrid, I have Mongo and DynamoDB. Those are just an example. Yeah. Um, by the way, all that stuff comes from a great website um, called uh, db-engines.com. Um, they list all that stuff in there. So um, the next one, I have a bunch of terminologies here, and I'm not going to go through a lot of them, but um, I think one that people struggle with is the difference between an instance and a database. Um, what What and, is the difference between an instance and a database? <laughs> well, an instance <laughs> is essentially the way I... The way I would describe it is, um, in many cases, it's the same. Mm -hmm. But an instance is a set of processes that talk to the database. And the database is, well, what we normally mean when we say database, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, so let me let me just read here because I, I, I got this like checked, you know, 50 times, you know. Uh, there can be multiple databases within an instance and a database can also be distributed across multiple instances, right? Um, on the same machine or on separate machines within a cluster. Therefore, an instance and a database are two entirely different concepts. Historically, an instance ran within a server, but modern database platforms have instances that span multiple servers and nodes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the instance is basically the thing that runs inside a server or a VM that yeah. talks to this thing. But a database could be across multiple instances or multiple databases in an instance. Um, so complicated. It is complicated. See, this is why, this is why DBAs, yeah, but, but, but here's, here, you know. here's a question, though. As a backup person, what do I need to worry about in that case? So, Do I worry about yeah, more of the instance or the database? Well... You, you just need to know, depends. you need to know that they're, yeah, it depends. You need to know that they're different things because um, it, it's going to dictate how you communicate with the thing that you're trying to back up, right? Um, in many cases, I'm, I'm going to throw you, well, again, I'm going to say in most cases, they're the same. Right. They're not the same, but they're in the same place. There's one instance and yeah. there's one database. Most of the databases that I worked with, it was one instance of one database, right? Um, the um, But you just need to know that that's not always the case, right? We all know what a table is, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I liken it. I liken it to a spreadsheet, uh, but it's not the same. The... Um, and then there's this concept of a data file, which is where we store the data, right? Yeah. Where the database stores the data. Um, and this concept of a table space, which is what it sounds like, it's a space where you put tables. You can put many tables yeah. in this database. <laughs> um, and each database does it slightly differently. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm trying to be very, very general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I think... The other question, and I know we talked about this at the very beginning, talking about the problem you ran into with Paris, right? It's mm -hmm. just because you have a database doesn't mean you can just take all the database files and copy them out. 
No, you can't because the data, well, the those data files <laughs> are what you're trying to back up quite often. And if you're backing it up outside the world of the database, the database is changing those data files while you're while you're backing it up, and it's it's not going to be consistent. You know, part yeah. part of the part of this file that you back up, part of it's going to be for one point in time, part of the file is going to be from another point in time. No, no good. And then. Yeah. Again, going for a very generic term here, I have this concept of a master file, and that is sort of the database of the database. Um, a perfect example is the Oracle control file, right? The um, uh, Again, this is most databases. Not every database has this. Um, it, it might be a it's, JSON file, right? Um, go, what were you going to say? Does it ever feel like Inception when you're working on databases where it's like a database within a database, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, SQL Server's master database has this concept. Essentially, it's the thing that's keeping track of all the things that we're talking about. What are all the data files? What point are they at? What If we have an eventually consistent, you know, what, what change level are we at? Um, it's the thing that keeps track of all the yeah. things. And um, there, which is there impressive that will... they actually use that piece of technology as a core foundation of like keeping track. It's like that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so there's going to be a different backup method for that. If that file exists, there's going to be a different backup method for that file, right? So you're yeah. going to back up that database control you're file gonna, or the um, database, yeah. In Oracle, for example, there there's a command backup control file, right? It's just a separate yep. uh, backup. They're special. Um, now, <laughs> exactly, special. Uh, and then we have a very important concept, and that is the concept of a transaction. You want to talk about what a transaction is? Yeah. So usually when you, say, make a write to a database, right, you just issue the SQL command or whatever to do a simple thing. But that translates into a whole bunch of other things. Now, when you actually get that, before it can apply it to the actual database, and I don't know if you want to talk about logs right now, but that transaction, typically when you think about a transaction, especially on a relational database side, it's something that has to either complete or fail, right? It's yes. either the transaction completes and the entire database rolls forward and everything's good, or the transaction doesn't succeed and no part of the transaction is successful. So basically the entire thing happens or it doesn't, which means it's atomic, right? So it all happens and everything's successful or no part of it happens. So you don't want the case where it's like, hey, I'm withdrawing money from your bank, but I don't set the balance properly or other things like that, right? Right. So yeah. it either all needs to succeed or none of it succeeds. Otherwise the world goes crazy. <laughs> right. And that matters most when you, because there's two different types of transaction. There's simple and there's complex. Complex has a bunch of different parts of it. And uh, that's a, a perfect example where you were saying that you, all of those parts have to work or or none of them are allowed to work. And you will then, so if, if we can't finish the entire transaction, let's say um, the database crashes, it's in, it's in the middle of that. What What do we call when we make that roll transaction? Back. Yes, we roll yeah. back the transaction. You roll back. Exactly. Yeah. Which basically, so now you have to think about it though, right? Now that you have this concept of, okay, there's a transaction, it's atomic, it either all succeeds or it gets rolled back. Now, if you think from the database perspective, you need to be able to track all of these because how do I know how to go back to a previous state? It's like, I need to log 
the previous state, right? So there's so many other things a database does as a matter of just accepting a single transaction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's why we have the transaction log, right? Yeah. Uh, so first, not every database has the concept of a transaction. I still think that every database has transactions. They just might not call it that. Because <laughs> um, every database is making changes, changes, is storing data and making changes. I think that generically, every one of those should be called a transaction. And, and by the way, this was one of my biggest challenges when I when I wrote my first um, version of this, like which was a really long time ago, <laughs> was trying to get um, DBAs again of different database products to agree on a generic term that would work and applies and, for it, everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And transaction um is one of those things, right? <clears throat> um but the transaction log re, uh Oracle for example calls it a redo log. Some call it a, you know, um so I ha I have the um it so what I do, what the T log transaction in log might not be there. By the way, I'm so I'm yeah. showing that not in all NoSQL databases. And by the way, um, we didn't talk about NoSQL when we were talking about database types. I thought NoSQL meant that they didn't use SQL. It's <laughs> it's not it's not only SQL. It's what is yeah. what NoSQL stands for. Um, anyway, I just thought that was <laughs> important. But but the transaction log is extremely important. Um, the, the first being the one that we've already mentioned, and that is the database crashes in the midst of something, right? Either the database dies on the server or the server dies, someone pulls out a plug. Um, and then when the database comes back up, this is the job of the master file, the transaction log. So we come up with the master file, and the, and the database looks at all of the data files. And again, I know I'm using generic terms and these aren't always going to be applicable to every database, but essentially the database comes up <clears throat> and it's got something that looks across the database and says, okay, something happened. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need to get back to a consistent state. Right? Put Humpty Dumpty back together. <laughs> yeah, right. Before we can let people start, we need to figure out if we had anything in process. We need to figure out if there were any transactions that we started recording that we didn't finish, right? Yep. So the database is going to come up and it's going to look at each data file and it's going to look at the, the control file, like in the case of Oracle, look at the control file, otherwise known as the master file, and then um, look at that transaction log and say, all right, we were supposed to finish this transaction. And then you're able to go to each data file and say what transaction, what um, there's a, like, I think it's called have? sequence number. Sequence number is what I think yep. Oracle calls it. Look at the yep. sequence number and say, did we finish here? Did we finish here? Did we f oh, look at you. You didn't get to the sequence number. You know what? We're going to have to roll everybody back. Yep. Right. That's what, that's the job of the control file is, I'm sorry, the of the transaction log <coughs> is to roll everybody back. Um, so that, uh, we don't have, um, consistency problems. And then potentially you could also recover the database and roll back forward and reapply that transaction and not lose data. Yeah. I wasn't going to cover that yet. 
spot. Oh, in fact, sorry. I'm, <laughs> sorry. We're going to cover that in part two because I'm realizing that we've been talking about this for a while. And we're, yeah. you know, we're coming up on 35 minutes and we've just covered sort of the basics. We haven't gotten to the backup and recovery. In the book, by the way, in the book, you occasionally see these, those little, where is it? The little scorpions, right? And the scorpion is meant to be like a, a warning, right? So here's what I have here. Please note that just like everything else in data protection, the protections mentioned in this section only protect against hardware failures. So when we have um, all the things that are built into the database, if a DBA accidentally drops a crucial table <laughs> or a bad actor uh, deletes or encrypts your database, your fancy replication will only make it more efficient, right? It will immediately <laughs> yeah. replicate whatever happened everywhere else. This is why we back up databases too. Yeah. Were you about to say something? I was just going to say that for the people listening, databases are complicated. So if a lot of this sort of goes over your head, don't freak out. Don't worry. The database admins have been doing this for years and years and years, right? And just like you've learned sort of virtualization, which we'll talk about later and physical or traditional uh, sources as well. You just need to understand the mapping. And there are a couple different differences for databases. But once you understand that, it becomes a lot easier. So don't freak out. Don't worry if this all sounds like a different language, but yeah, it is and, just doing that map in your head. Yeah. And I listed, um, again, going to that db-engines.com, there are 13 types of databases and 300 different database products listed there. So don't feel overwhelmed. Um, this is not the world of, oh, is it Linux or uh, Windows <laughs> or Mac, right? This is, well, it depends. And there are types of databases. I'll just be honest. There are types of databases that I don't get, right? Graph being one of them. I just don't understand what or how yeah. they do. I, I think you understand I, it. I heard, I heard I a new one. Yeah, I heard a new one recently, which was uh, vector databases, which is pro apparently starting to be used for like AI ML. Oh, of course, the world of AI ML. Yeah. Um, the the thing that the thing that you need to understand about any database is that it has really important data that needs to be protected, <laughs> right? What you need to know about that database is, is from a backup and recovery perspective is you need to understand all of the elements of that aspect. Um, the one thing I think you will struggle with, with some databases and some DBAs today is the same thing that we struggle with in other parts of, of IT. And that is, um, some DBAs of some products confusing availability and, um, you know, that concept with data protection. Yeah. Um, and I think of like Cassandra, MongoDB, where they're like, oh, we're good. Like we, you know, it's replicated. We got everything three different places yeah. and, um, you know, it's eventually consistent um, and, um, we can, we can lose a node. We're good. We could lose seven nodes. 
the database will continue. Uh, okay, what if we lose all the nodes? <laughs> Right. Or what, what if, if someone somebody, drops a table? What if somebody drops, drops a table, table? Right. What if uh, what if a you know a ransomware uh, a threat actor comes in and does bad things? Yep. I, I don't. Th this is just like this, the same argument that I make in the SaaS world is um, like everything needs something that is like backup. Right. I have the broadest term, the broadest definition of backup that I think anybody in the industry has. And that is anything that copies the data to another place for the purposes of restore. If that's, you know, snapshots and a replication to you, um, as long as we have the ability to go back in time and as long as I don't have the ability to to attack the backup with the primary. That's my biggest concern that I often have with snapshot and replication-based methods, right? Um, so hopefully, if you're using snapshot and replication, hopefully on the other end, you're copying that or data control. somehow, right? Yeah. Um, if if that's a um, you know a CDP style backup, if that's tape, if that's disk, if that's cloud, but just don't tell me this thing doesn't need backup. Eh. That just doesn't roll with me, right? Um, this can I can I challenge that? You know, go ahead. Sure, sure. I then maybe we'll talk about this when we get to a chapter. I think we have a chapter on cloud, right? Oh yeah. But sure. when we get there, um, one of my biggest questions is: What about everyone who uses like Amazon S three? Mm -hmm. Right, because no one, I, as far as I know, almost no one backs that up. I, I, it is a problem. <laughs> it is definitely yeah. a, a thing that needs to be discussed. And it's a thing where, um, I firmly stand on both sides of that, of that yeah. story. Right. Yep. Um, that, that's a, yeah, we will definitely, um, we will definitely talk about that concept and you will hear me waffle back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it is, um, it's a little bit different in that the the multiple locations and we're we got the cart before the horse, but you're you you have something that is um, you have features that include both protection against node and site failure and mm -hmm. human failure. Yep. So if you have stuff that deals with both of those. Um, that that's where I start to waffle yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Right. And we'll get to that at some point. Yeah. Well, when we get yeah. to the chapter on that, and we're not, we'll and we're not going to solve that. We're not going to solve that, um, that problem when we get there. Yeah. But anyway, so this is the basics, uh, by the way, if you, if uh, I think that resource db-engines.com, uh, is a great resource. Um, and, uh, to help you understand all these different models, um, and and to understand which model your database that you're that you're uh, using, um, we didn't mention Postgres, right? Postgres is another very popular. Yeah. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot more popular over the, the years because yeah. What? I was thinking like the web app development stuff. I think they use that a lot more. Yeah, I I think it's got it's 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 an open source product that. 
probably has the best like data integrity stuff built into it compared to MySQL. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's complexity that goes with that, but I think that's mm. you know that's the thing with that. Uh, all right, well, uh, enough talking about databases. We will do part two coming up and talk about how to back these things up. Uh, that's <laughs> and that's really you know. That's really what we talk. Meat and about. potatoes. That's really what we want to talk yeah. about. What's that? The meat and potatoes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for you know the usual good questions, etc. Persona. I try, Curtis, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Happy two hundredth episode. Happy two hundredth episode, <laughs> and uh, thanks to those of you that have listened on those two hundred episodes. By the way, if you haven't listened to all two hundred episodes, you got some catching up to do. <laughs> um, and uh, remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. It'll be completely done Maybe some